0: You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome!
1: Drop moves from the rain of my cup. The pink via deck of moves is deep, lane, bar, dame, top. Gate the canes of flint. The drop.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, the lovely Judy Gold. And this week we have the wonderful, hilarious Brian Posehn on. And we do talk a little bit about why we have never been cast as husband and wife. But he's he's a delight. And it's been quite a week. I, I want you to know that I was in Washington, D.C. this past weekend. This Saturday, uh, February 4. I am going to be in Avenel, New Jersey, which is at the Avenel Performing Arts Center, which is in Woodbridge. They say it's in Woodbridge, which is literally where I hung out when I was in high school at the Woodbridge Mall. Okay? So I will be going back to my, I guess, adolescence uh, and high school school. <laughs> fun time area. I'm so excited. (laughs) No, it should be a fun show. And John Fish, who I love, 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 love is opening for me. It's going to be a fucking fantastic show. Um, And there's not that many seats left, so get your fucking tickets for the Avenel Performing Arts Center on February 4th at 8 o'clock. Okay, so that's that. I have to tell you before we start the episode that... I just I was in Washington and I'm working at the Comedy Loft, which is great. The audiences are great, everyone's great. Um, the room, I looks like a haunted house to me, but whatever. And I have a bit, new bit about guns in my act, and so I I always ask people who has gun, who has a gun, because you know it's foreign to me, but I know a lot of people who own guns. And so there was a guy in the front, and he said, Oh. He's like, he raises his hand. I said, How many do you have? Because a lot of people, when I ask how many guns they have, they're like, 10, uh, you know, 24. My grandfather left me one, you know, and then some people have one or whatever. So he had three. I said, Okay, why do you have three? He's like, "Uh So I said, What are they? And he said, A pistol. And then he named another one, which I don't know, an M11, 1946 85, whatever. And I said, "And what's the third one?" And he said, "An AR-15." And I, the audience was like, oh. And I was like, "Why do you have an AR-15? Like, that's the one I don't understand." And he's like, "Cause I can." And then I'm like, "Oh my god!" And the audience is like freaking out. And um, and I figured I'd get it while I while I you know while I still am able to. And I'm like, okay, all right, so that's fine. And then he's with his wife, and then they have a friend with them. And so I said, do you keep it locked up? No. And the wife's like, we don't have any kids. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. So, you know, enjoy the next argument you get into. And then the friend they were with was completely freaking out. And I said, well, your friend is freaking out right now and he's probably like oh my god we had that fight last week about who was paying the check shit you know and it's i just i like i was freaking out that like i'm going to buy an assault rifle not lock it up you know just have it there cuz i can I, I i i can someone write to me and explain this this i, I it's i'm speechless But other than that, the scary part of that, the audiences were fucking great. They were so smart. Uh, A lot of people, you know, work for the government because you're in D.C. And I went to Firestone Bakery, which was so good. And I got this egg and cheese croissant that was so good. And then the day before, I got a little mini quiche. So good. Food was really good. They have good food. They have good restaurants in D.C. Anyway, so that was that. And I got to see my family which you know always brings me back to when I'm 7 years old and hate everyone. So all altogether a fantastic fantastic week. Yeah, so that's it. So I I just wanted to share that with you because working in comedy clubs is Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's just you know, I love the work I love doing the shows. But then, you know, when I do crowd work and I ask these questions, I'm always surprised. You know what I'm saying? And then, oh, my trainer just called me and he's like, I just want you to know he has a house in Pennsylvania. I was walking the dog and I bumped into this guy who was also walking his dog. And uh, you know, we're like acquaintances, and he said, uh, oh, you know what? Um my uh son I think it was his son or his friend's son met one of your clients, and he's like, "Oh yeah, what, which one?" And he said, "Judy Gold." And I said, "And uh, I said, oh yeah, where do, you, where do you see her at a comedy club?" You know, he's 22, but he loves comics from that era. Okay, I want to fucking kill myself. That era. Okay, I, I'm old. It's so fucking weird, and I'm still doing the same shit I was doing 30, 40 years ago. So there you go. I love what I do, but I'm from another era. Okay? So kill me now. That's all I have to say. Okay, so that's that. I, um, I'm really excited for this episode. I had so much fun talking to him. I think you're going to love it. I really do. I really think you're going to love it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy part one of my interview with the one and only Brian Posehn. All right, everyone, uh, welcome. I'm very excited about today's guest because we have so much in common. It's a phenomenon, first of all, not in our careers, because, you know, he's a white male, but um, in life. And, and I, I, you, I, you have to get his book, uh, his autobiography, which it, would you call it an autobiography, Brian? yeah sure well you did say it's a bunch of stories <laughs> but yes it is autobiographical it is fucking phenomenal i love it and it's such i just i it was like listening to myself um <laughs> i just want to read this okay ready these are some of the shows brian Posehn has appeared on friends seinfeld just shoot me Everybody Loves Raymond, The Simpsons, Sarah Silverman program, Burt Kibler and Big Bang Theory, uh, The sh- Show of Shows, Comedians of Comedy, The Show of Shows, writer, sketch performer, uh, Mr. Show, I, I just movie writer. Like, it's fucking, it's a good thing you were an outcast. Is that all? I, uh, I mean- like your body of work is like your body. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to have Brian Hossein on. He is fucking awesome. So, Brian, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm Judy, Thanks. I'm Judy Gold. I don't know if you.
2: Yes, i I've always felt like you and I, if we were on the same coast, we would have been way closer. Uh, I've always thought you were hilarious. And like when we run it, when we've been in the same room, we've always like, when we did Tough Crowd, we... I feel like we both went, oh shit, tall person. And uh well, and, like, was, like, gravitated so like, towards each other. You how know? are
0: we not a married couple on a fucking <laughs> television show? Um, or brother and sister, but Yeah, yeah.
2: seriously, casting in the nineties and two thousands blew it for never casting us yeah. together. I don't know why.
0: Brian, I don't even know where to start. I like to do a deep dive. And thank God, thank God for your nerd book because Uh, I literally, I listen to it because I like to hear the author, especially on autobiographies, I like to hear the author telling a story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Without the constant death, um, we are so similar in in growing up. But let's start at the beginning. I, I just, your family, okay, your mom, Carol. Uh-huh. Born in 1939 Your father, Bob Born in 1942 I just love this So, Carol was six feet tall And a beauty mm-hmm. Bob was also really tall And they met At a tall club
2: Yes It was a big part of my life growing up uh, I, The Golden, just, the golden I, Gate tip-toppers
0: The Golden Gate Which was like a high-end which uh, you, high end tall club. Here's the thing. It
2: was you- started by a single woman in in San Francisco. And I think the 40s or 50s. And she was a tall lady who was looking for tall men and started the club on her own. And then my mom joined in the 60s. And that's where they met. But it's still around. It it's, is? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they used right. to have meetings in my house. Yes, like people would that. come up yeah. Yeah. and then my normal size friends would be like freaking out. Cause there was this, you know, kitchen full of giants.
0: And it's so funny that people would think that just because you're tall, I mean, we do have a lot in common, especially if you're tall and not athletic, <laughs> you know, we have, there's a definite definite commonality. And I talked to other like Carmen Lynch, who's really tall and, There is this sort of clubby thing about it because we go through life in, you know, when you're, when you cannot hide, when you, the first thing people see is not you. It's like, oh, here's a giant walking in the room. You know, you know that that's the first thing they're going to see. That's the first thing they're going to think. They're going to make all these you know all these assumptions about you because you're big, you're older. I mean, it really is. I just I have to send you this article I just read in the Times about this short person saying it's right now is the perfect time to be short and fucking dissing tall people. I want to kill the woman, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, and it was like, we don't live as long. We get sicker. Fuck you. Okay.
2: Right. But
0: you grew up with, you you know, your father unfortunately passed away when you were two, Mm -hmm. uh, which is just the beginning of the death knell of your life. But having parents, like my mother was five, nine, and my father was like six, three. So they were tall, but they weren't six eight like your father and six feet like your mother right Uh, you are coming from people who understand what it's like to be other
2: oh for sure i mean that's all i heard but well if you read the book you also know like my mom wasn't that great at it like she would try to you know it was a different thing i was being called a nerd and i was being called you know Derogatory names I would never even use because they're not cool. Uh, But I was called all that shit, and uh, you know, and it wasn't even that much about my size. It was just about how I was the weird kid. And then I would come home and go, "Hey, kids called me weird, and kids called me this." And she'd go, "Well, they called me giraffe," and I was like, "I, I I can't help you,
0: right?" (laughs) It's funny because um, I didn't tell my parents. I tried to hide it because it was so humiliating. I mean, I I did tell my parent, my mother in the beginning, and she was like, they're jealous. You know, he's a pipsqueak and and all this shit. And I'm like, "Well, that's
2: the supportive thing to say. That's the right. right. Your mom took the right, uh, the right track there.
0: So I kind of had this. Yeah, fuck you. But I never (laughs) said anything because it was every day. It was just fucking humiliating. And you know, I have to say, I don't know if you feel this, but when I am on the red carpet sometimes and they're like you are, you know, I it you know, I have those feelings over and over again in my life in showbiz.
2: Oh, for sure. I avoid red carpets because Same. of that. Yeah, yeah I don't exactly. because I just don't even want to be the and you are like I don't right. even want to deal with it. And it's like,
0: like and I want to say, look at me. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Your mother, Carol, uh, daughter of George and Norma, <laughs> and Norma, your great grandmother was Irene. You're very German. Your great grandmother had your mother at fifteen. What the fuck is that about?
2: Who knows in California, but like in the turn of the century. That's so yeah, it was San a San different San
0: Francisco. That's yeah. And then your dad. Can I ask how he died?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a rare blood disease that I still don't completely understand, but then really what happened was uh, somebody put him in a coma by giving him the wrong medication at the hospital. So my mom was at the hospital. Yeah. But then the hospital gave us some money (laughs) feeling badly, but uh, we, we didn't sue or do anything like
0: that. Not Jewish. Not Jewish. Here's my Jew Not Jewish. Um, so your dad was 25, you don't remember him, but you did have you spent a lot of time with your grandparents.
2: Yeah, and then I was told stories. So it's really funny. I I think I touched on this on the book, but I followed things that I heard my father liked. So I was like. In my teens, I knew he loved Lenny Bruce. So I sought out Lenny Bruce and and all that. And it's a big, a big part of why I am who I am. You know, what I mean right. I, I found other stand-ups, I found 70s and 80s stand-ups on my own, but I, I would look to the things that he had liked for like the history of stand-up. And I think it was the thing he was circling. Like he was he was in drama club, and I think he would have right. tried stand-up right. if he had lived long enough. So for me, when I tried stand-up, it was a little bit of, like, kind of continuing what I, what I thought my dad would do.
0: Right. And this sort of connection to him. I, I don't even know where to start. You moved to San Jose at five. You didn't know anything. I mean, you had a mom, and you just realized, you just were like, oh, I don't have a dad. So it wasn't, like, this big event that happened where you were like, I'm without something. You, it, it was just all you knew and right. that other people had dads and you didn't. And then you moved to San Jose at five and your mom had a boyfriend, Bill. Yeah. And Bill you loved. He took you to the Harlem Glo- Globe Trotter. Uh, trotters. He was like, he just adored you and you thought he was going to be your new dad, but, guy brother, so <laughs> yeah. but Tall guy also. Yeah. Let's
2: not leave out. He was also 6'4". Yeah, yeah. or
0: because you're Brian, he died in a car accident.
2: (laughs) Yes. That's exactly why it was my fault. Right. Um, (laughs) All the setup for me to tell dick jokes.
0: (laughs) uh, So you have this loss of your dad, which didn't. And then your mother, you go to an open casket. You see him. You see a dead body at five. Like, that's fucking mental.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm glad I put all that stuff in the book because I thought it was mental, I and I was hoping so that other people. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why I like the Jews. Like we don't do that.
2: You. Oh, good. You
0: bury, you bury the next day because you're supposed to remember them as they were when they were alive. Right. Um. And there's no open any. No,
2: the Catholics. Who? I mean, I'm not Catholic anymore, but that's what right. my mom was, and that's how we were all raised. But right. uh, yeah, who knows? It's messed I mean, up.
0: So then at the age of six, I just, this is so fascinating. At the age of six, you go to therapy.
2: You're skipping the babysitter that committed oh, the babysitter, suicide. The
0: babysitter, I have it. I have the babysitter. I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The babysitter is right underneath. The
2: babysitter is before Bill, the mom's okay. boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: right. Okay. I had it in fucking shit. I'm sorry. I did have it above therapy at six and I had it above of uh, moving to San Jose, so you had to yeah consider,
2: uh, four and a half um, or five killed himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Gary. Who, uh-huh. Um, so Gary babysat you, and he would put on at one. You remember one time he put on your mother's clothes. He was cross-dressing at at while he was babysitting, and you. T- I
2: almost wish I didn't know that because right. that's. I mean, that's part of why the kid killed himself because of his right. parents and in, in the way they treated people like that parents. in the 60s. Right. Yeah, but it was also right. the way that was looked down upon. And I hate that I have any involvement in somebody exactly. going through that. Like, right.
0: So your mother told the parents and then the par- and parents confronted him and then he killed himself. Yes. Okay, so that's...
2: But that's all, you know, like at the time... It just felt dark. I didn't know exactly why, you know, because when you're five, you don't really know what's right. really going on with the grownups. They don't give you all the details. So I didn't find out till later. That's what had happened. But that's why we moved. And that's why I had a birthday party that no one showed up to because right. I was, I was the kid who just had the babysitter kill himself. So like every neighborhood mom well, you know. at least there
0: was a reason. I would have <laughs> yeah. no one coming to shit just because, you know, I'm tall and I have old parents. Like, I don't even know. What right. the f- I was like, what the fuck is wrong? I'm like, so fun. What is your fucking problem? Right. Um, so then you moved to San Jose, then the boyfriend, Bill. And is your mother still involved with the tall club at this point?
2: Oh, yeah. So well, that's he- where she met Bill. So Bill, she went right. back to the tall club met Bill. And then they were also really involved because she was single and raising a kid on her own. So these right. people, her friends were just good people. So they were right. around all the time. So,
0: so you were surrounded by tall people
2: and beautiful, right? Like my mom's friends were hot and right. six feet tall. Like should- she had, she had one friend named Ann who had hair down her back, like Cher, but she was a tall lady right? beautiful.
0: And did you jerk off to these people? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not to their face.
0: Right. But it's just so funny. Well the yeah,
2: Anne was one of my first crushes, my mom's wow. friend. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. Uh, which is I don't why I don't understand you ended up with someone 5'3", but we'll get to that later. Um well, you
2: and my mom, like
0: <laughs> I mean my mother was like that too. You know, like First of all, it was so funny because as a gay, and I knew I was gay, like when I was like three, I was like, something's different about me. Like, you know, you don't know what it is till you're an adolescent. But like, I was right. like, why am I not like all these other people? And then it became this thing where when I was, you know, in my late teens and my 20s and people were like, why isn't Judith dating? And it was all my cousins. M- mother-in-law asked why I wasn't married. And my cousin literally said to her, well, because she's really tall and it's hard to find someone tall enough for her. Uh, and the mother-in-law was like, oh, that makes sense. I was like, what the fuck kind of question is that? Tell me a big <laughs> fucking dyke, okay? Um, okay, so Bill drops dead, dies in a car accident. How did your, do you remember how your mother told you?
2: no not exactly but I also don't want to throw my mom under the bus but my right. mom was my mom went through some stuff and and my I've been in therapy most of my life right. um, and my awesome. therapist says that my mom was you know a juvenile basically my mom right. was too young mentally to raise a kid and you know it was and some alone. of the things she did yeah right. but okay, she like
0: make mistakes
2: she saw things as a competition and, you know, she was, she was a great lady in a lot of ways, but then some, some ways that kind of effed me up, you know? And so one of the things she said to me was, uh, that, uh, Bill liked you more than he liked me. Like he, he really wanted to be a dad and, and he wanted to be a dad of a tall kid. And he identified with this little guy that was going through stuff. And, you know, it sucks, but.
0: Which is always, yeah, that's a great thing to say. And it's, and it's, and it's a good thing you let it roll off your back and forget about it.
2: Um, well, I can't still be mad, you, you know? Get, we right, put it, we right. put her in the ground a couple of years ago, right. and I can't still be like you, you know?
0: Right. <laughs> I know, you do get to a point where you forgive, and you're like, okay. Because you also, once you become a parent, you're like, oh.
2: Yeah, you just not try not to easy. say terrible yeah. things that my mom I'm gonna said. i to do
0: the opposite, Yeah. <laughs> you need to be around plant life this spring. They have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy gold, J U D Y G O L D at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy gold at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code Judy gold Offer is valid for a limited time, terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. So you have the dad, you have Gary, the babysitter, and then Bill. And all dead. And then you are you go to therapy with Leonard. Yes. At six. And yeah. he was British. Um, and you went because you were acting out and being sort of bullyish. Yeah, yeah. So you went to play therapy, where they sit on the floor, which is interesting because I'm sure Henry's going to hate that. I this is my Jew bell, by the way. Anything jewish So Henry, my older son, after we divorced or separated, we weren't allowed to get married. So what, whatever you want to call it, he we sent him to a therapist, and he got on the. He was like eight, and he got on the floor with him. And, uh, he was playing and then after the session, the therapist called me in Therapist was Jewish, and, uh, he, he said, um, your son, I got on the floor to play with him and your son said, you don't need to play with me for, to get me to talk. So I know why I'm here. And I was like, Oh, he's pretty fucking smart. That's amazing. uh, Isn't that unbelievable? He's like, you don't have to like warm it up here. Um, So did you like Leonard?
2: I did. Yeah. I thought he was my friend. and You know, I thought it was weird that my friends didn't have old British gentlemen that they played on the floor with. You know, I thought everybody had that. So,
0: no, I didn't think anything was was weird about it. Yeah. Yeah. How long did you have therapy with Leonard?
2: So that would have been when we were in San Jose, so from five to eight, and then we moved to Sonoma, and then I got one pretty soon after, not right away, but we went to family therapy, and then we, through high school and junior high, I had a guy named Hank, who, uh, a New Yorker, Jewish guy, you would have loved him. Oh, Handsome, curly hair, great guy. He right. wore Birkenstocks and was, oh, God, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a good guy. He just wanted to help. He was just Hank, oh. the, good, the good guy. You know, he just wanted to make my family life better, and he was genuinely became my friend. Like he, uh, when I was going through things in school, like he would buy me tapes, like out of his own money, like because uh, I was into AC/DC, and he would, yeah. uh, you know, just kind of to encourage me and right. to show me that other people were, you know, cared.
0: Right. I love that. So did you tell anyone you were in therapy as a child or in junior high or high school? You never, cause I was the same way. I mean, I didn't go till I was 18, but I didn't tell it. You didn't tell people.
2: Like, you, no, like I this, didn't know what to tell people. Like when I would tell people things, it would come off like bragging so that's why I got half of the reason I got picked on when I was a new kid was that I think they thought I was a bragger, you know, and I wasn't a rich kid, but like, I would brag about things I got for Christmas just because I was trying to identify. I was trying to meet other kids and go, hey, I got this toy. What toy did you get? You know? And the first thing I told new kids was that I had won the reading contest at the Sonoma library over the summer. And I thought that was
0: that's a real feather in your cap when it comes to children. Yeah. yeah.
2: I got free ice cream because I read the most books of anybody in town. And no one thought that was cool.
0: That is crazy. Okay. So you go to Sonoma. I mean, I don't even know. I just listening to your book, I was... I was just like, we would have been, we would have hung out. You would have been my only fucking friend. Uh, (laughs) You go to Sonoma, goes back to school at some point, um, and takes you with her to San Jose. Well, that was in
2: San Jose. Yeah. Yeah. So that she went to San Jose State while we were living there. Okay.
0: So uh, so, so she takes you to San Jose. You're like five, whatever. Um, She's studying psychology and she takes you. Welcome to New York, everyone. Oh, I love Sucking it! Fucking shut the fuck up! Um, <laughs> and she takes you to her classes. You're in the quad. You're just alone, and it was very free to be you and me. So she, I guess, she didn't worry about you. Like,
2: uh, no, one um, was going to steal a, a right, kid from right. the from the quad in the seventies. Well, um, they might have, but she didn't yeah. think that was a concern.
0: And she started taking you to sober living. Um,
2: yeah well yeah
0: what the fuck
2: i don't know well
0: she couldn't
2: the babysitter thing is what i bring up in the book is like maybe maybe babysitters she was a little gun shy after the first one you know um and then not having friends that maybe could take care of me in san jose because we didn't our family was still an hour away. Our family was still in Redwood City and closer to San Francisco. So we had gone down south there. And so she didn't have like a bunch of friends. She had a couple, you know, right. and then there was a lady in the lady in the apartment building that would look after me sometimes. You
0: right. Know? God, but, she must have been so paranoid about the babysitters. Um, uh, in third grade, you get glasses, which is always it's always good to be gigantic and then have something else uh, yeah. to make you. So you get glasses, which today, I mean, no one gives a shit. Glasses are cool, but it was torture.
2: Yeah. You're four eyes right away. Right. At, at least I already knew these kids. Right. So my friends were kind of cool about me having glasses. But when I moved right. to the new town a year and a half later, that's already, I was tall. I had glasses. I was weird, you know? So I had right. a, several strikes it's, against me and knew.
0: Right. I was lucky that I went to school. I think that I went to, because listening to you talk, you know, starting a new school, you know, you, you're, you work for years to be like, I'm normal. I'm just, you know, I know I look different, but uh, you know, I'm fine. I'm actually really funny and you're a fucking asshole. Uh, and then you get put into this, place where no one knows, and it's like you can't hide. It's again without hiding. It's like this you know, you got to start owning yourself at some point, but it's such fucking torture. So you go to this new school, um, you love the library, and you had classes, and you were really tall. So that is the perfect formula to be, you know, the most popular. You love books, you Love uh, your sixth grade teacher, Mr. Cox. I love that you say, and it's just amazing how one teacher can fucking change your life. You had this one guy in sixth grade. And you had been diagnosed with hyperactivity when you were seven, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How did, like, I, I had definite hyperactivity, but no one diagnosed it. Like, how did they go about that?
2: Well, because at the San Jose school, they were, I, I don't know, maybe they had more resources and, and were really test heavy, but that's, that's where I was diagnosed was before I moved to Sonoma. Um, and then because we were having trouble, I mean, first grade, second grade, third grade, I didn't get along with any of those teachers. And I, I remember you had two my,
0: first grade teachers, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I got kicked out of first grade class um for, Messing around with other kids while they were trying to take a nap.
0: I love that, that story. I love that. Uh, to, trying to play duck, duck, goose while they were trying to take
2: a yeah, nap. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. And
0: then your third grade teacher sat on you. Yes. Apparently, which would probably get her fired at this point.
2: There were a lot of things. My wife can't believe the fifth grade teacher. The fifth grade teacher would kiss us if we got in trouble. Like... There's no oh all over. She would put lipstick on and make a big show about it. She put big red, you know, lipstick and cartoony lipstick, and then put it on your face, and then you had to leave it on. So you, so everybody knew that Miss Sullivan kissed you.
0: Where is Miss Sullivan now? Have you looked? She
2: passed away, but she she was actually a good teacher outside of that weird
0: (laughs) thing. Um, So. Mr. Cox, his name is Richard Cox, Dick Cox, and no one makes fun of him because he's such a good fucking teacher.
2: Because he was the cool guy. He was the cool guy teacher, and no one even thought of it. Like, no kid hated that guy. Like, when I was in fourth, all the sixth graders loved Mr. Cox, and, like, you just knew he was the cool guy at the school. And then when I got him as my teacher, you know, I fell in love with the dude because he actually listen to me. And like, um, uh, I got to pick the book we read that year. We read star Wars, the, you know, the, the adaptation, right. Um, which, you know, couldn't have been better for a little nerdy kid.
0: And you started loving films. You became obsessed with films because of star Wars. Um, well
2: even before, no Jaws was Jaws. the first one
0: was first. And then, um, then you loved star Wars so you're into film, you're into books. I was a music nerd, and you hated gym class, which I fucking hated. I can't. Fuck, did you have a gym uniform? Did you have to wear a yeah. fucking gym uniform?
2: And they'd make us do showers in junior high and high school.
0: Oh, like I hated a, that. I yeah. fucking. Okay, first of all. Here's a, well, here's, a, here's
2: a story. In girls' school, in at at girls' classes, it doesn't become a penis measuring contest when you're yeah. in eighth grade, and that's a little...
0: <laughs> yeah, but well, I'm sure they're judging other up. things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you have this, but we used to have... They used to, you know, measure us for the gym uniform in the fucking gym, in front of everyone. Like, they'd call you down and say, Judith... First of all, it was Judith, by the way. Judith Gold <laughs> and... Then I would get off the bleachers and it would just all started. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Orca, Orca, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Sasquatch, Bigfoot. And it was like 20. I can't. It it was constant. It was every fucking day. I couldn't walk down the fucking hallway. And then they would measure you the ugliest gym uniforms. And it's, you know. I tried out for the fucking basketball team in seventh grade, and I and the guy told me I was too tall, and it wouldn't be fair to the other players.
2: Oh my god! And
0: you're uncoordinated, you know. That oh. He Said to me, so yeah, I just feel for you. So, and you said you got called names, but loser was the one that hurt you the most. So you're a lot like Donald Trump. <laughs>
2: god damn you! No, <laughs>
0: uh, turtle. Uh, yeah, it was uh, when I you had said something in your special. You one of your oh yeah, I think it was a Conan appearance, and you talked about Sasquatch that you called yourself Sasquatch. And I have to tell you, to this day, when I hear Sasquatch or Bigfoot, it's still pain. It's like even if they're not even saying it about me, you know. What yeah. I
2: mean? well that was the weird thing turtle doesn't sound like the most hurtful name you can be called and you know like when that show entourage was on they had a kid named turtle and i was like god i I wish i could have picked my name you know uh when somebody else calls you that it's not as fun and then you know and i was called that like day one because i came to school and was nervous and i had this big green jacket and i was hiding in the jacket and so just my head was poking up. Oh. Of course I looked like a turtle. Right. The guy was not a genius for coming up with that right. name for me <laughs> um, by any stretch.
0: I have a question. I don't know. Do, have you watched any of the fucking bullshit going on in Congress? The most,
2: yeah. Kevin? Yeah.
0: Okay. I hate George Santos. I think he's a fucking piece of shit. But him sitting there alone in the last row. With no friends, <laughs> even though I hate him and he deserves no one to talk to him, I, I was like, oh my god, I know exactly how he feels.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously,
2: and 6-1 since that matters, and What do I even say
0: other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing
1: an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download
0: the new Bumble now. High school. Fucking bullshit. Your friends turn on you. Uh, I loved your talking about school dances. I would just stand there, too.
2: You yeah, that you. freshman thing, I forget yeah. about it till you met till you brought it up, but uh that was not fun. Um yeah, so for the listeners, um they treated me it was first week of school, freshman year, and all my freshman friends uh realized how much I was getting picked on by the older kids. And so it probably wouldn't be good for them socially to be with me. So they chased me away like you would a dog or something. Uh, and uh, I got rocks thrown at me by kids that had been my friends.
0: Right. It's so you never trust people after that. It's, I just feel like so I want to hug you because it was, well, it's just like I know exactly what you feel like.
2: Yeah, That's and those guys idea. are still... Those guys are still my friends and Then ask, ask for tickets when I'm in Sacramento oh, at the punchline, okay. you know? And and it's hard for me to not go, you fuckers, like, you know? But you I don't hold grudges, I know. I, but...
0: Do you still... I still... I know this is... I don't even want to admit this, but I still sometimes have dreams about them, these people who tortured me. Um, but whenever... I bump into them or they come to a show or anything. They, they're they like, do you remember me? And I'm like, oh my God, you look really familiar. And I just act like I have no idea who the fuck they are, but I know every fucking mean thing they did to me. <laughs> yes. Um, so you're, you signed your own yearbook. That is really pathetic.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
0: I mean, that's something I, I did have a few music nerds. The good thing about being in the, Nerdy music department was there was always someone like as nerdy or nerdier than you, so I did have a few that no one would talk to. Um, and so you it wasn't like you're
2: the same one. in the drama department, in the drama department, they were all doing it. <laughs> and, uh, I know I, I, I was like the least cool kid by a lot, yeah.
0: yeah. It's funny that, that you don't like being touched. I guess that sort of it's hard I I agree it's hard to be intimate with people when you don't trust anyone cuz you don't know if they're going to turn on you.
2: Yeah, it's different reasons for guys and girls, but yeah, it was a thing. I mean, well guys would do this thing where they the where they uh, touch you but they touch you in a way that makes you know that they could kick your ass. Yeah. And uh I hate having a guy put his hand on my shoulder still as an adult like Right. I immediately think the guy is trying to, uh, you know, make me feel worse or whatever. But uh, who knows if that's actually anybody's with their body language. But that's the way I always see that. And then the other thing, you know, I had girls trick me and pretend to like me just to just to laugh at me over the phone.
0: I I had this happen. (laughs) I, I mean, I had, you know, people come over to me. I remember I was at someone's bat mitzvah, and my mother had to make all my clothes. Uh, I couldn't find clothes. And there was a bat mitzvah, and everyone wore long gowns. Did you ever go to any bar bat mitzvahs when you were a kid? No,
2: no. Wow. I a lot of friends now, but not growing up. Not, yeah. I don't know that I had a Jewish friend in high school.
0: Wow. And then you get into showbiz. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so I, 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 I'm in you know, uh, we go to this bum and they have these big parties. My parents were like, you're not having a big party. We're not doing anything big. It's not about the party. I'm like, I, everyone already hates me. Everyone fucking hates me already. And now I can't even have a party. Anyway, so the I go to this bat mitzvah and it's like a big, you know, they have these big fucking shindigs. Right. And everyone is wearing a long gown. And I am wearing this jumper that my mother made me. That is not long. And we get there and- the entire group of kids is like, Judith, I love your dress. Where'd you get it? And I was like, oh, thanks. My mother made it. And then another bunch of kids would come over. Judith, your dress. And I then I realized, oh, okay. So this is really fucking funny. Um, and it was just, you know, it was like I couldn't fucking catch a break. You know what I mean? I couldn't. I was like, oh, my God. I just Ugh. don't want to be noticed. I don't want to be noticed.
2: Yeah, then, yeah, like you were saying about my glasses, then I had to get braces. So I know how you feel. I never
0: had the braces. Woo! I had to wear
2: headgear to school.
0: Oh my God. You really, you win.
2: win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like (laughs) they doubled down. Like they were. (laughs) What Uh, else can we do to make you, you know? Thank God I didn't have trouble with my legs or something and have to wear braces oh, yeah. or anything, like oh, I anything else. That
0: I, that r- reminds me of the fact that I was a size 12 shoe when I was 12 and there were no shoes in size 12. So oh, I sure. had to wear like ugly orthopedic looking shoes and it was really great. It was just really great.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry. Um,
0: so you uh, had a paper route and you saw multiple Auto accidents and people die. Let's hear about that. Bri, Bri, Bri
2: That was such a weird time, but like looking back on it, it all makes sense. So, just the way Sonoma was set up in, in Glen Ellen, the, the even smaller town that I lived in, which and was they next. They
0: have wine, Glen Ellen. Yeah, yeah, but
2: also just old roads, right? Old windy, uh, narrow roads. So, and it rains a lot, and it's super foggy. You know, so there were all these other factors that were leading to why people got in so many car accidents. But as a kid who had just seen the omen, I thought I was the son of Satan that was living in an apartment complex somehow. Uh, You know, I wasn't with a a senator like I should have been grooming me, you know. Um, to take over the world but instead i was in a a shitty apartment in glen ellen and and then people were being sacrificed for me somehow (laughs) i don't know what i thought but i I did try to figure out why i'm seeing so many car accidents on my paper
0: it's amazing and you you describe i
2: saw a guy lose his head i saw a guy Uh get I got, saw a guy get smashed by a cord of wood. Like he, he yeah. smashed it. His car uh, went flying through the air and then he had wood in the back. It was a Subaru and, and I'll remember it forever. Like uh, I'm standing there with adults trying to figure out what to do and I'm 12 or whatever, just going, how can I be helpful?
0: Uh, it's just unbelievable. Thank you so much for listening to part one of my interview with the one and only, the hilarious, Brian Posehn. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling, and this podcast, everything else that is done for this, my life in this podcast is, is it, it only gets done because of Brittany Joe Soward's Richmond. If you like the show, well, if you're listening now, apparently you like the show. So subscribe, leave a review. It helps more people find the amazing podcast. It is an amazing one, five stars only. My book, yes, I can say that, available everywhere you can get books. The audiobook is great. And the book is coming to life as, I don't know what that noise is. So, you know, I live in New York City, so deal with it. But the book is coming to life as a broad, off-Broadway show. Directed by B.D. Di Wong, written by me and my friend Eddie Sarfati. Yes, I can say that. Will be at 59 East 59 Theaters, and um, previews begin March 4th. Runs till April 16th. You can get all that info on at my website or on my. What is that or on uh, my socials which is at Judy Gold because I'm a Jew and I don't know what that fucking noise is okay it sounds like they're plowing snow but we haven't had snow at all at all period okay so oh if you're in the New Jersey area come to the Avenel Performing Arts Center this Friday at 8 o'clock 8 p.m. I will be there with my friend John Fish who is fucking hilarious and it's gonna be a great goddamn show. Tickets everywhere you follow me. Also, I just, if you're still listening, and I love you more than anything, as you know, um, I just wanna say thank you. I wanna say thank you. I wanna say that, I'm looking up, here we go. Oh, Ben, my my little baby, Just I just wanna shout out that he had 34 points, a career high. Uh, on Friday evening, this past Friday evening, I think it's the 27th. It was January 27th, 34 points and eight rebounds and they lost by five, but whatever. I'm so proud of him. Hey, obviously the world is coming to an end, so I I don't know what that fucking noise is. Okay. Let's see who listens to the end. Shall I? Okay. I want to say thank you to... Christy in Alberta, Canada, because she listens to the end and she's a fighter, not a lover. So we kind of have a lot of similarities. I mean, I'm a lover and a fighter. You know, I'm a lover and a fighter. Like right now, I want to go out there and go, what the fuck are you doing? You fucking assholes. It's like all I hear are ambulances and weird shit noises. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be really calm. Like, what is that? It's like an iceberg coming off and like falling into the I can't. Okay. So oh God, it's driving me crazy. So that's my kill me now moment from the beginning and from the end. So thank you to her. And also, who else to listen? Oh, now it just stopped. Did you hear that? Now it just stopped. It'll start again. Or or someone, you know, will be in an ambulance and it'll go right by. I can't. So that's that. I also. Yeah, I really want you to come to my show. Yes, I can say that. I want you to come to my show in Avenel. And I just, you know, I want Donald Trump to be indicted. I can't take any more fucking stress about this. You know, and I can't believe fucking George Santos is still there. And he's going to have free health care, health care and a pension if he stays there for two years. This country is fucked up. But- it's a good thing. I can still say that and not get arrested. So there you go. And that's what my show's about. But anyway, I want to thank you all so much for listening to Kill Me Now. I I love you all. I can't believe you're still on this podcast listening. Uh, I'm going to go, um, Eddie, my writing partner, um, brought over some vegetable lasagna I'm gonna go have that for lunch now Mm. Mm, yummy so thank you all so much I love you and as we always say so long
1: our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of Noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you